Welcome to the podcast of MotorWeek, television's original automotive magazine. MotorWeek is made possible by TireRack.com, WeatherTech, Hum by Verizon, RockAuto.com, and State Farm. Here's your MotorWeek podcast host, John Davis. And thank you, Alec Webb. Welcome, everyone, to MotorWeek podcast number 184. And we are in uh, Studio C at MotorWeek headquarters in Owings Mills, Maryland. And around our uh, oddly shaped table sits the following. Our over-the-edge reporter and producer, Zach Mascal. Hello. Our road test producer, Ben Davis. Hey, guys. Our online content coordinator, Greg Carlos. Hey, hey. The only man that really knows what goes on out there in the internet. <laughs> Our video producer and editor, Joe Ligo. And Joe is also the producer of the podcast. We've got a lightning round, a viewer question about tires. But first, uh, two new Mitsubishis. Yes, they still are selling cars here. Have recently been on our lots, and we're going to start with them. The first is a vehicle that they started um, talking about three years ago. It is finally here. Uh, at the time, it was going to be the only plug-in electric hybrid uh, SUV that you could buy. Now it is one of several, but it uh, still was, I think, worth waiting for, the 2018 Mitsubishi Outlander PHEV. And for anyone that doesn't know what PHEV means, it means uh, plug-in hybrid electric vehicle. So what do you think? I just drove it to work today. And? It's one of the rear electric motor, does the rear wheels, gas engine does the front wheels, and pretty seamless. I know we've driven some other vehicles where you can kind of feel the clunking and the man behind the curtain with the powertrain, but this one seemed pretty seamless. It's a Chevy Bolt concept on steroids. The two electric motors do almost all of the driving. The gas engine's almost always a generator, but not totally. When you really put your foot down, it connects, Uh, and it's pretty advanced it's very advanced i'll tell you the first thing that stuck out to me since i didn't spend a lot of time with it i like all the buttons that make it super obvious whether you're in ev mode whether you're in charge mode or whether you're in preserve the battery mode so and charge, then there's an eco sport on top of that right then there's, not eco sport. There's, there's an eco mode right there's an, there's an eco mode on top of that but right. i like some of these cars bury this stuff in menus on touch screens my like i like no i like having manual control over what my battery is doing whether i want to save my battery whether i want to use it whether i want to charge it I like that. I like that they have buttons for it and that they're clear and easy to read. That's my my first big like. I agree with that. We should point out that uh, the reason you have the plug-in is to get extra EV-only range. Yes. Which, depending on whether you use the heating system or not, is between about 17 and 27 or 26 miles. I think I saw... 25 on one trip yeah the the website says 22 but yeah. if you're if you baby it you'll get more i have Anyone two else? i have two positive things to say about it i like the styling um and i like how they write out outlander across the hood kind of looks like a range rover kind of mm-hmm. upsells it a little bit but i was doing some crash testing yesterday <clears throat> and um this is the benchmark now for which I will test everything. Wow! What the styrofoam? We yeah. use the foam. Pad I did my tradition. Yeah, I did my traditional. Test. Take yeah, it we up. Shouldn't to, say crash testing. Yeah, automatic crash. Uh, emergency, emergency, emergency automatic brake break mitigation <laughs> test. Brake mitigation. So test. I, I did my gradual take it up to twenty. See what it does, and it performed flawlessly, hundred wow. percent of the time. So I kept bumping it up, bumping it up, till I finally got to thirty-five. Wow. And at 35, it's coming down hard in those last few feet. It locks up and and actually slides a couple of feet, but it stops completely, and it doesn't hit the barrier. So I'm like, 
I wonder how far I can take this train. <laughs> <laughs> so I come around hot. These I'm crash up to, barriers cost money. I'm up to 37 miles an hour, maybe 38, maybe 40. I couldn't look down at this point. Hyperspeed. It gives you plenty of warning uh, auto audio before anything happens. And then eventually the initial brake hit is hard to wake you up. But and then and then it softly brings you down after that. But anyway, at thirty seven, it wow. doesn't. All it does That's is all it does is audio. <laughs> oh, it, reaches, it reaches a point where it's like you're on your own, buddy. Yeah. That thing went I'm sailing about a hundred feet. <laughs> Did you hit the at all? Or it didn't impact? touch. It, I don't recall it touching the brakes no, at I'm all. No, talking about you. When, Did when I? Did you hit the brake after contact? You know, or? my reflex to that has is gone. You know, the first couple times hitting that thing went. Oh, I don't want to yeah. do it. But now it doesn't even. So it didn't slow me. you down at all. It didn't try at all. No. Now was this, this, hard was this because did you stop turn the ignition off and on again no. before? No. Maybe it you just were said, just doing it. Yeah, I did. A, this is probably sometimes, about my twenty. Yeah, and we do have to remember that, that sometimes times. this happens when you guys are doing that. And it thinks you've made a. It thinks there's a malfunction. Yeah. It Subaru stops working notorious for that, but it'll yes. at least tell you yeah. that yeah. I say after is three off. or four times it turns itself yeah. off. We had to take in our uh, CRV or the Odyssey. Because we did it so many times, right. which really wasn't so many times, but it's maybe like five times. Some, yeah. And we had to get the dealer to turn it off or to turn it back on because mm. they thought there was a fault with the system. Yeah. I like well, the way this one worked. It didn't show any signs of one to ever footage? stop. I don't have footage of me hitting it at 40, no. Oh. Well, that's very interesting because uh, their videos show that it's uh, – claim and make, and I think it's probably – borne out by your test, that it's very good at low-speed mitigation against a pedestrian walking in front of you. And uh, they don't really make claims that it will stop you all the way when it's driving. We have yet to find a willing pedestrian to walk in yeah. front of us. So I do have if good anybody f- wants to. <laughs> I have good footage of it coming to a, a locking slide yeah. at 35. All right. Wow. All right, so we like the, uh, the Outlander TV. Pretty much worth the, the waiting for. Uh, By the way, I drove it 120 miles and used up all the electric power. The overall fuel economy was about 35. So that's pretty good. So even when when your battery's down or whatever, you're still getting high mid 30s miles. No, well, it was a combination of the two. So you had about 25 miles worth of electric, and then it was a little under 100 miles of gas. And when you add them together, it it read out to 34.7, I think. Not bad bad for any kind of SUV. Okay, uh, the other Mitsubishi. It sounds sporty. It's called the Eclipse Cross. They brought back the Eclipse name and put it on a crossover. They sure can hear everybody just sighing right now. Can I just say I had no idea that this was a thing, and I walked into the parking lot, and I'm like, what is this? And I couldn't figure it out. So I walked around back and saw that, and I was just like, Eclipse. I don't really understand what's going on here. This is, I don't know, so I just, it's a marketing cash grab. It's just dude. sad. I, don't know, I was, I was kind of sad about it. I'm sad. I'm still. Sad. I think. I think when we first heard they were bringing the Eclipse back, I'm not sure anybody believed it was really going to be a, a sporty coupe. But it's like really another crossover. I mean, using such a cool name because that was really 
the bargain sporty coupe of its age. I mean, it was a front-wheel driver, and it wasn't much on a racetrack, but it was a cool car. Let's face it, See, though. They did a lot of sabotage to that name before they stopped See, the that's, <laughs> that's, that's what I was going to say. All, all of you guys have great memories of the Eclipse, but as a kid growing up like in a small town, that was like the daddy's money car that like the popular kids in high school drove. They thought they were so sweet because they had like a ten grand used Eclipse. I don't have fond memories of the Eclipse. It just was always like... You're talking about the pretty one, though, right? I'm just talking about any of them. Gotcha. Because it was just... Cooler looking one. Mm -hmm. You didn't even like it as an eagle, did you? That's not the one Uh, I like. There was a kid in my school... Nobody watching this podcast like that car either. There was a kid in my school with an eagle talent, and he traded it in on on a Hyundai Tiburon instead. Those were kind of... I'm not... I don't hate on a Tiburon. I like those. I don't either. It doesn't mean shark, doesn't it? It does. I learned that recently. Hmm. So anyway, what do we think about it? Uh, Capable little uh, subcompact SUV, I guess. The styling is like it or hate it. I didn't hate it. It's kind of coopish a little bit. Um, It does. I'm going to save this gripe for the Eclipse Cross. I could have easily done it on the Outlander because they share the same audio infotainment Mm -hmm. center, which looks looks the part. It looks how you want it to look. It looks modern, but... Uh, it's archaic to use and it's not very intuitive and it's got some weird weird touch gestures to use to do things that are just it just takes too much attention away and I, I, granted there's a learning curve there but I'd just rather not learn it yeah. I, think that, I think that was a case of Mitsubishi doing just a little bit too much there because like you said um, no, anybody listening probably didn't see me nodding my head aggressively you might have heard me uh, but it does it looks great but it's not great to use, and I don't know why they couldn't have just made it just go back to simple basic knobs here and there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. You could have kept the same basic look. You could do away with the touchpad, which is really hated for me. Well, so it was great. almost impossible to just select the next station. Yeah, you got to be really too was. precise. All yeah. these manufacturers have gone through this learning curve, though. They've all been there, and now they're coming out, and the sun <laughs> is shining on everybody, except maybe Mitsubishi's just a little behind on this. That's all. And now that they're part of the Renault-Nissan alliance, they probably will catch up. I thought it was peppy enough. I mean, mm-hmm. it is pretty torquey. Uh, I didn't think it handled particularly well. But uh, I mean, you want to get up and go in a straight line. It's got the it's got the torque. Yeah. So it's it's a reasonable entry into the um, subcompact crossover market. But I would say it really is going to depend on price, and also whether you've got a Mitsubishi dealer new, nearby. They do have a great warranty with it. Do they? What is it? Uh, I believe it's still ten years. Uh, that is good yeah, stuff. I'm pretty sure that was going to be my yeah. question. But yeah, the dealer network is slim, so good. Yeah, hundred thousand miles. It's yeah. hundred ten years, hundred thousand miles. That, yeah. Which I, I like. I've never owned a Mitsubishi, but I like having Mitsubishi around. Like I get sad anytime a brand. I get sad anytime a brand leaves. Away, so. I, I like I like seeing them on the road. Like I said, I don't yeah. have one, but I like having them around. It's Mitsubishi. one more choice, you know. Bring back a, a small, affordable pickup truck, and yeah. I think you would really put a foothold in the I states. Think so too. Uh, moving Max. on, our next we have two more vehicles to cover: Hyundai Kona, which has uh, been quite a, a surprise and a bit of a delight. It's a little smaller than uh, everybody <clears throat> wants to know. Is it the same as a Kia Nero? No, it's a little bit smaller. A little I bit was more driving aggressive. the Nero this weekend. Somebody said, "Is that a Kona?" No, said, it's no. actually a, a, a different vehicle, and uh, it's pretty. <laughs> and it's not a hybrid. Right, it's pretty cool. 
It's a but there again is another. A, I mean, if you're going to when you compare the Kona to the Eclipse Cross, and they're both basically in the same market. I would say the Kona is much more interesting. It is quirky, mm-hmm. cool. When yeah. I first saw it from the profile, I saw all that lower body cladding. I was like, did, thought, po- oh, did Pontiac come back? back? <laughs> oh. I thought it was a new vibe or something. <laughs> something. I missed some major news. It is funny how that Aztec styling is coming back in bits and pieces on different cars. And now all of a sudden everybody's like, yeah, I can live the with that. The back end of that Eclipse Cross looks kind of like the Aztec rear window, but we, we've already Oh, done well, Aztec. yeah, we, we – But no. But, that's okay. Uh, you're right. It does have – it does have a – a, a look that makes it, you know, the cladding, the plastic cladding look on that Kona definitely is. I think they did. I it think right. it's weird because it, it works so well on that thing. I think it's cool looking. And it drives well too. It's it got a nice ride. Great. It's got a better ride is, than the uh, Tucson. Is there a battery electric version coming out at some point? They, I believe I feel there like is, there was a but, tease uh, at one of the auto yeah, shows. Geneva, I think there, there was. was. Yeah. yeah. Um, it yeah. makes sense. Everybody's going to have something. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. That platform is just begging for some yeah. sort of electrification. But yeah, I was. I just drove it literally like an hour ago uh, for the first time. I was impressed with power. It was comfortable inside. I mean, Hyundai has gotten good with um, interior. I wouldn't say refinement, but everything just looks nice and modern. And. Um, what was I just going to say about it? I cannot remember. Well, I'll tell you the front seats. We we recently did the Echo Sport from Ford, and and this you felt like it was much roomier yeah. in the front. Oh, and when I came back, I parked it next to our um, our Nero, and I know they're not directly one against each other, right. but the Kona just blows it away in styling. Oh yeah, I mm. mean that thing Nero's looks fairly, yeah, it makes the Nero look like three looking. years old. Yeah. So, yeah. I didn't know. I thought I grabbed the Kona keys earlier because I had texted you. To see if you guys are going to be shooting it this afternoon, and I hopped in the Nero thinking I was in the Kona, and I pressed, I pressed Jeez. the well, We're no, real I, car I, people, aren't we? I pressed the start button, and I'm like, all right, what car am I in? Because <laughs> you know you don't hear anything right, happen the Nero in the sings Nero. When, it sings at you whenever you start that bean. Uh, I think it sings, yeah, but I just didn't hear an engine, so I'm like, I'm just so confused earlier. What's going on? And I was like, oh, okay, I'm in the Nero, but I mean, especially after going from Nero to Kona. What? And back to Nero, yeah, I mean, the Kona is just, I think that thing is just cool. The, it looks it good. Cool. And, oh, and like we were just talking about with the Eclipse, button-wise, there's just, mm-hmm. there's buttons on the left and buttons on the right. And I love that. It's beautifully integrated um, into the dashboard, kind of like in, dare I say, like a Mercedes well, BMW. Dare you. But well, it, you it, it looks just really well but done But that in is there. the mark, you know, tacky. being mm-hmm. kind of like a uh, the Korean cl- Semi BMW, that's their whole thing at Kia. So um, somebody brought you mentioned startup, and it brought me back. And I hate to go back to Eclipse or uh, any Mitsubishi, really. But you notice when you get out of the Mitsubishi, and you know how a lot of them now will say goodbye or so long or forgot see their you. Keys. Yeah, it says see you. Just a period, no. Like, no, actually, <laughs> it's so strange. It's the funniest thing to me. It just says see you. It's I'll like somebody got that past, like not like. Final. See ya or take it easy. <laughs> yeah, have a good day. day. <laughs> Bye now. We need, to get, we need to get a picture of that. That's funny. Right. Oh, one more thing I need to go on the record. Um, it, the, the wheels look Pontiac, too. I'm going to do a little research <laughs> and see if the designer of this vehicle had anything to do with Pontiac in the past. Well, uh, yeah, speaking of 
performance brands. Uh, the last vehicle we're going to talk about today is the 2018 Dodge Challenger GT all-wheel drive. We um, uh, didn't spend a lot of time with it, but, uh, you know, it's another iteration of, of what has proven to be a very venerable rear-drive chassis. I would, I would <laughs> yeah. like to go on record mm-hmm. to say that I predicted this car five years before it happened. boy! It was right around the time they're about to do a refresh on the Challenger, yeah. and I was talking to some friends, like, hey, you know, it's based on that Charger 300 platform. They've got all-wheel drive. I'm sure, like, bada-bing, bada-boom, you don't spend a lot of development dollars on it. You have an all-wheel drive Challenger. And I, and then the day that they announced it, which was, like, three years ago now, I was right. I Give Joe it. a hand, Pixar everybody. Didn't Get him a ball cap. Go. You know, have a bottle of water. It's used. <laughs> So anyway, so that's, the, that's, that's good. That's, that's my self-aggrandizement. The, the, the interesting thing about this is that now that Chrysler is sort of hinting that the Chrysler 300 might disappear, you know, they're, they still need this chassis. So probably they're going to upgrade this chassis and keep it around for quite a while. So I just I was thinking now the, the other half of my prediction is that they would take the Hemi hybrid out of that terrible Chrysler Aspen and put that in a Challenger and that never happened. So I well, was you're fifty. You're, you're <laughs> I'm one, one for, for two. two. So. All right, um, driving it. You know it's it's V6, but it's still at 300 horsepower. Yeah. It wasn't bad at all. It the could, only thing missing really uh, is the sound. The yeah. power's there. I mean, it's what you want. Uh, but yeah, if you if you're coming out of a like V8 a or you know what a V8 sounds like, yeah. you so you're a trick exhaust away from making it work. Yeah, which mm-hmm. I thought was kind of interesting because uh, you could get a Camaro RS six cylinder that sounds really really nice, raspy, and this thing just it's like they made no attempt to make mm-hmm. it sound good. Which mm-hmm. maybe that's just part of their strategy. I'm not sure why because it's a Challenger, but whatever. Maybe there's some option. To make it sound better, I don't know. I know it that does have a. What is weird because it also has a, a, a an exact <coughs> quote a super track pack yeah. button, which you just have to push because it says super track pack. Super but why track wouldn't pack that pack. have some sort of tie-in with exhaust baffles or something? Good point. Good point. That thing is just begging for a snowy parking lot, though. Like <laughs> that's all I want with that car. Those just, buttons felt a bit gimmicky to me. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Pair with the V6. Super track pack. You mean? I mean, pulling, you know, I, I parallel parked one time, pulled out, put it in reverse. I'm sitting there, like, waiting. So I hit the gas and, it, like, peels wheels, I think, in the rear. And I'm like, hold on. Which car am I in again? And it seems like a frequent problem with you. Not knowing yeah. what, car <laughs> what are you thinking no, about but so this, hard? But this time, no, no, this time I knew what I was in. I'm just saying I was just wasn't sure why it was doing what it did. And then, um, You're like, what? Uh, just, it took it took a little bit more time that I wanted it to 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 think about uh, taking off or not. So That's what we were talking about. It does feel heavy. Does feel big and heavy, but all Challengers feel all right. big. Twenty eighteen Dodge Challenger GT all wheel drive. It's about thirty four grand to start, and actually, when you compare it to to the typical SUV out there today, it's a pretty good buy. Lightning round. All right, this one is we have 30 seconds uh, to weigh in on a trending topic, each one of us. I will tell you before I mention what the topic is, this one that plays to different ages. I'm, I'm, I'm 
Can't wait to hear what this table says versus what I say. Many of the MotorWeek test cars come with a free trial of Sirius XM satellite radio, which we all enjoy. However, Sirius XM costs around 10 bucks a month. There's many competing forms of in-car entertainment. How many of our staffers pay for satellite radio in their own vehicle or would be willing to? You guys go first. So everybody here at this table loves music. We all love right. different types of music. We love some of the same music. We... We are into it, man. And when you I get like in one of the vehicles, friend. you'll find a wide array <laughs> yes. of stations selected. And sometimes it's fun because you know who is just driving the <laughs> right. car ahead of you. That is the um, best part about Sirius XM. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, my one of my gripes with it, I mean, it's it's better than normally AM, FM, but, you know, Lithium, uh, Octane, um, but you tend to hear the, sim- the same songs, whereas if I some go repetition. to Jam 1, I'm going to get uh, a live yeah. show, you know, that Fish played, um, as opposed, I don't know, it's just. Do you all have unlimited data on your phone? I do. And so I'm able <laughs> okay. to stream through Spotify, you right. know, whatever I'm feeling that day. So, I mean, for me, I'm just, uh, my mood's different. I got to hear something different. So I, I would stick to what I use now. Anybody else? I would. It's worth ten bucks a month. I can't imagine ever being in my own vehicle that long. But if I were to have to drive my own vehicle every day, for sure. Greg. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> a couple of years ago, I would have made the argument. Absolutely, you should get Sirius XM. And if I had a car capable of getting it, I would get it. But uh, yeah, you bring up a good point with things like Spotify now and and all these other streaming services honestly i think if you're if you're down with a specific service then just go with that because i have heard and i'm not an audiophile but there are a lot of complaints that sirius compresses music so much that it sounds really bad i can't really pick up on that but apparently if you are an audiophile maybe it's better to stream even though that's not the best it's better than satellite from what i hear Joe, anything for you? I think Sirius needs to reorient themselves as a music streaming company and not a satellite radio company, just in terms of marketing. I'm not saying they need to change their infrastructure. No, they actually do that. I know they have an app, and I know they have stuff for computers. And all that, and they cost extra. You say Sirius, and the first thing people think of is cars. They need to find a way to to reorient just their branding so that people will see them as a Spotify competitor, an iTunes competitor, that sort of thing. I like their stations. I like the music. I like not having to pick the music and somebody picks it for me. But I think it's a branding thing more than an actual sound quality All thing. Right. Now the old man's going to speak. I have been – before Sirius and XM got together, I was an XM subscriber from the first – month they were available in one of my personal cars. I have it in all of my personal cars. However, I do not pay full price every month. They do all kind of deals during the year and you basically sit around waiting for them and you leap on them because when you've got, you know, three or four vehicles, you've got it in every vehicle, that can be really start adding up. I love it for long trips. You do I think Greg or someone said some of the stations repeat, others don't. And you got to basically hone in on uh, uh, the ones that don't. I'm a jazz fan. You know, watercolors, which they're always kidding me that the radio's left on, they repeat pretty quickly, but over on their uh, real jazz station, they almost never do. So I like the system. However, even I'm finding that I'm listening to things like Spotify and Pandora when I'm on the road uh, because I've got unlimited data. And why wouldn't you use that? But I do like it. I, I wonder about all these satellite services uh 
and cable services on TV. What is their long-range game plan? Because people are getting away from it. I think it's just. A, I think the music, the content is great. I think it's just they I need like, to reorient I like the themselves. I mean, I must have said I, I enjoy the the personality. If, yeah, if you like that and sports, and you might be able to correct yeah. me. Is there a different? package that you have to pay for to get the sports or is it all just ten dollars a month you get every no channel? there there are a number of different pa- if you pay for package. a year you know uh, there are a number of, there's a cut couple of cut down packages some of them they don't even tell you about until you threaten to quit mm-hmm. uh but most i think almost all of them have the majority of the sports channels i'm not sure what all of them do but that i know i know it. i've cut down a couple uh levels if you're and, just a general sports yeah. fan um it's got a lot way, of sports. It, it, it saves wow. you from having to um, be a MLB subscriber, an NFL subscriber, yeah. an NBA subscriber. That way, you can just have all your sports on Sirius yeah. XM. Yeah, hmm. that's it. I that was a good lightning round. Uh, we do have a viewer question. This is from Carlo from Syracuse, New York. It used to be low-profile tires were found only on sporty cars because they provide better handling at the expense of a harsher ride. Nowadays, new sedans and even SUVs come with super low-profile tires. What, what gives? Has there been some development in tire and suspension design that makes this a sensible choice for non-sporty cars? Well, yeah. Now, if they're coming from the factory that way, they've tuned the springs to help compensate and the shocks. But it, it's but the real thing looks, is right? people that, just want big wheels. Style, yeah. Everybody yeah. wants big wheels, and that there's navigator. a push for everybody wants to say they're twenty-inch wheels. And I there, think, folks. I think I'm not sure, but would it also have to do with lower rolling resistance since you have a shorter sidewall, making it stiffer? Yeah. Less rolling resistance. Could be, but economy. it also builds up heat faster the, sm- the lower the side roll is. But I've never heard anybody talk about a fuel advantage concept because most low <laughs> rolling resistance tires tend to be on smaller yeah. wheels. Yeah, they're just true. harder rubber, they're but harder they're still rubber. on smaller wheels. I think it's all style. And then, yeah, the manufacturer will tune the suspension for that, which means if you replace those wheels with something either shorter or taller – You've thrown the uh, the calibration of the suspension out the window. Well, and we've even complained on some of these cars that have really amazing suspensions that even they can't compensate for the harshness of those wheels. What was it, an Audi Q7 or something we drove that you'd hit a bump and it'd be like wham, and then well, we had like, we just had that McLaren 570S convertible in. There was a half inch deep <laughs> pothole on oh Deer God. Park Road. I mean, it wasn't. It was nothing. Most cars would go over it wouldn't feel it. That car had a great ride until you hit that pothole, and you thought your teeth were going to come out of your mouth. And that you look out, you know, it's I, I'm not. It has super low profile tires on it, so that's your expense there. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the answer is Carlo. It's for looks mostly, but the cars do come fairly much tuned for it. Hope that gives you some insight. But you're going to find low profile low profile tires on just about everything. Uh, rant and rave. Anything uh, eating out, eating at anyone? Anyone? This has not Here much to do with cars, but let her rip. When I was a kid, there was snowball trucks and ice cream trucks all the time, and now there aren't <laughs> yeah, any. There aren't any. Sorry, guys. You used to hear the the the, the, the chime coming down room. the street, and everyone would run out. Yeah, and. They were really cool-looking trucks. And yeah. yeah, I have one come through. Kids aren't allowed to play outside the anymore. Well, the problem is, it's like, and I'm sure they've probably updated their systems, but I never have cash on me. 
So like even mm. if I want an ice cream and I see one, I'm like, oh man, I don't have. Cat. Maybe that's it. Do you they take just... Apple Pay? I will, I'm sure they have to because it's getting I'm so sure ubiquitous now, they and I would a gladly chip swipe machine. I would yeah. gladly pay. I'd probably buy more ice cream if I would just you know, whip <laughs> my phone out and pay for <laughs> but it. But the kids don't have cards, but they probably have money. They probably have what's, phones. The, uh, what's this might the, be a nice uh, Shark Tank idea. <laughs> what's the uh, the one that was in this area? And nah, I keep wanting to say the cow? Mr. Frosty. Or something? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, anyway. Well, that was Good an humor. interesting way. Thank huh? you, Jim. Good, Good humor. humor. Thank you, Jim. Our yeah. audio engineer saved us again. Does, oh, a, does anybody Good remember humor. the video game Twisted Metal yeah. where the one guy drives like yeah. the deadly ice cream truck, oh, has yeah, like man. rocket launchers? I think we're going to end this song. All right. That's, <laughs> that is bringing to a close this Sorry, Podcast 184. <laughs> I want to thank everybody uh, around the table today. Audio engineer, you just heard from him, Jim Bigwood. Our podcast creator, Bob Mixter. And, of course, today's producer and usually our producer, Joe Ligo. Thank you out there for watching Motor Week uh, and listening to our podcast and watching our video podcast and watching us every week on public television stations and our website and YouTube and on Velocity, all the places that you can see us, hear us, find out what we've got on our minds. It's because of you that we all love this job. So on behalf of everybody at Motor Week, thanks for being a part of our show. See you next time. You've been listening to the podcast of MotorWeek, television's original automotive magazine. MotorWeek is made possible by TireRack.com, WeatherTech, Hum by Verizon, RockAuto.com, and State Farm. For additional information on podcasts, videos, and showtimes, visit our website at MotorWeek.org. And watch MotorWeek television's longest-running automotive magazine series each week on your local PBS station.